0: The Ugly Truth will always be free, so it's clear the Uggs aren't in it for the money. But if you're a fan, we'd appreciate any support you can give. Visit UglyTruth.com and check out the Support the Truth column on the right. You can donate, download our mobile app, or shop the Ugly Mall. All proceeds go right back into the show. As always, thank you, and now, on with the Ugly Truth. (laughs) Are you ready for another mind-altering dose of the sisters who will say
1: just about anything? Jamie. I don't think there's a sexual position you aren't aware of. Luckily for you, I'm Bengi. And
0: Paula. She suffers with being sick, and you suffer by being stuck with me on this show. Welcome to another unfiltered episode of The Ugly Truth.
1: Welcome to The Ugly Truth. This is episode one. Is it 114?
0: 114 it is.
1: That is producer Deb.
0: Hello. Ugh. Ug.
1: Yeah, that's better. Say it. Do it in the, uh, what is that? The, the, the Balto? The, uh, no.
0: <laughs> baritone.
1: Baritone. Yeah. The baritone Ugh. Yes, producer Deb is sitting in with me this week because our dear friend Paula, my sister Ugh Paula, is ill. She's the sickest girl in the world, people. It's no joke. So she's taking uh, the week off, allowing producer Dub to sit in with me this week. As you all know, he I'm married to him. <laughs> and as you can hear in my voice, I'm tired.
0: It's a little bit of a dual-sided punishment. You know, she suffers with being sick, and you suffer by being stuck with me on this show.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just takes a couple of takes to get it the show right when I'm when you're sitting in with me. I can I I've decided and we discussed this earlier today. I have to treat you like you're a guest, mm. not my partner because it just doesn't work. I can't yeah. give you any information. You just have to sit there and enjoy the show and do it that way. Right. I think that's the best way to do this. I,
0: I agree. I if I was an UG, it would be different, and I'm not, so it
1: would be. And you're not.
0: That's right. Oh, well, never mind.
1: <laughs> what?
0: I I can't imagine being an UG.
1: No, you can't. No. It's not. It's it's like knowing you're a man or a woman. You just if you're not an UG, you just you can't fathom what it would actually be like to be in my brain.
0: And plus, I would lose. And nor my... do you want to. Right, and, and I would lose my position as the president and, at this moment, pretty much the sole member of Uganon. so.
1: Aganon, that's true. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true. So welcome to The Ugly Truth, listeners. Thank you for downloading our show and sharing it with your friends. We know you're doing that because our downloads are increasing literally every week. Literally, literally every week. literally. So thank you for that. All right, so yes, Producer Dub is in the house. Please get well soon, Paula. Please. <laughs> Please. I wanted to start off the show because it's this new – I am not – I do not have an addictive personality. However, I'm constantly striving to improve myself, educating myself, finding ways to feel smarter in the world because there's so much garbage out there. And as I've said before, I always try to counterbalance my junk food of television with healthy things. Like… I have recently become completely addicted. I am I'm com- having an absolute ball falling in love with NPR. Oh. I love NPR and I I started to feel like it's because I'm getting old and therefore <laughs> I'm listening to, you know, a lot of news and things that are boring to most humans. But what I've come to find out is that hipsters love NPR, like the millennials love NPR and all of the programming that is consumed by this really cool organization. NPR is what is it called? What does NPR stand for?
0: National Public Public Radio.
1: Public Radio. so the NPR locally in Sacramento comes out of Sac State, which I did not know. Yep. And it's really neat. And The Signal's really good. And I listen to it. There are certain times in the day where it's terrible, where I'm like, yeah, this is old people stuff. But there are certain times, there are certain hours in the day where it's really, really good. And they have some great interviews, like with Louis C.K. and Matt Weiner from Mad Men. And I'm just falling in love with it completely. And then shockingly, they have a podcast. Fresh Air, I think is what it's called. And I was listening to it yesterday. And it was my favorite Undertaker, Caleb Wilde, who has a blog about being an Undertaker.
0: I I just want to stop you right there and say Mm. (laughs) I'm troubled by the fact that you not only listen to stuff like Undertakers or read stuff about them, yeah. and you've mentioned him on the show before, but that you designate him as your favorite Undertaker, like he's in the top ten. <laughs> Out That's of little... all
1: the Undertakers in the world, <laughs> That's... Caleb Wilde is my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, the others are yes. the Disney cartoon ones and the one from Tombstone. Those are the only other ones. Oh, and the Back to the Future one. Those are the only other
1: okay. Undertakers I... I know. I didn't even know there was an Undertaker in Back to the Future. Uh, three. Okay. Which one is that?
0: The Western one. The
1: train one? The Western okay. one. Okay. So, yes. I And I'm suddenly feeling smarter and I'm starting to feel a little more, um, oh, what's the word? Superior oh, of to course. others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's supposed to do. I believe yes. NPR is supposed to make you feel superior to others in your world. It's been wonderful. Fabulous.
0: It's a badge you get once you start admitting to the public that you listen to NPR <laughs> so figure... that you can sound fun and smart.
1: It's only a matter of time before I start wearing more Ralph Lauren mm-hmm. and um, wearing button-up shirts with pearls. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before we move mm-hmm. to Cape Cod and vacation.
0: You start making Ina Garten recipes.
1: Oh God! You know what? I hate that woman. I really, really do. <laughs> we we were watching that this morning, and she and her friend who lives in Cape Cod, who looks like she could be a Kennedy, uh-huh. and they're making food. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't like her that much. She's it's a, she's pretentious. She, she's more pretentious than Martha Stewart, if you ask me. Just a Martha little. Martha Stewart's got a little cred because she's been in prison.
0: A- and a, and was a model or something, too,
1: right? Very. And she's a beautiful woman, actually. Yeah. She reminds me a lot of my mother, to be honest with you. Martha Stewart does, not Ina Garten. Oh, Ina okay. Garten looks I like an elephant say. compared to my mother. No, <laughs> my mom is blonde and beautiful. Anyway, we back to NPR. So now I'm i'm i can't it's almost like netflix when i've just when i discover a new show on netflix it's like i can't get enough and i just like marathon listen to this new finding i know it's not new npr has been around since like the beginning of time but it's super cool and i love the fact that i feel smarter than everybody else Mm -hmm. even though it's totally not true (laughs) i do love it
0: the programming is really unique i i I got kind of a hint that you were headed in this direction a few weeks ago when I got the opportunity to drive your vehicle, which I don't always get, so I take advantage of it when I can, and cranked rather loudly was 90.9 FM, and I'm like, what... What's happening? Well, it's
1: either that or Christian rock, right? <laughs> What's
0: happening? Because well, those are the educational frequencies, and so I'm like, "What's going on?" Right. I knew that, you know, going to that college, I knew about that radio station. I'm like, "Okay, I know."
1: But you know what it is when, and I'm a pretty passionate podcast listener, of course. So I love listening to a variety, and occasionally I go out searching for new shows. And, you know, the majority of the podcasts out there are not that great. Mm -hmm. So when you find a little gem, you stick with it. And, you know, one of the problems with podcasts is people are they're inconsistent. A lot of them are professional comedians that I the ones that I really enjoy. And so they're inconsistent in their shows because, you know, they have a job and they're out making money and then they come back and they. Interview their friends or celebrities and you know, you're lucky to get one every couple of weeks. If it's a really good one, you know, some, some of the ones that I really enjoy are fairly regular, but, but still when you find one that's great, you're like, wait, this is from like three months ago. This isn't even new. So. You know, I'm always looking for for new. And then when I found this NPR podcast, they do one every day. Yeah, and they're consistent because it's a radio station as well. So
0: yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that's that's really made podcasting great about public for public radio anyway. Is that uh, in fact, I told you when I went to LA not too long ago, I met the woman that runs all the podcasts sales for WNYC, which I which believe is the, is the one that you did for the Undertaker. Right, that was right. the interview. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes the undertaker the undertaker you know if he wrote a book i would buy it immediately he's not the wrestler no 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 not the wrestler in fact An he's a scary undertaker. person no yeah. caleb wild is a generational he he works in the family business essentially mm-hmm. Right. his grandfather his father and now he all work at this funeral home where they do all the embalming and pre- preparations for a funeral and he's a really cool dude. He's he's married with children and he's young, probably a little younger than us even. Mm-hmm. But I find his perception on death and the grieving process. I mean, it's really it, I know I'm so fucking morbid, but it's a really interesting part part of life, you know, and I fear that because I'm getting closer to death is why I'm finding it so amazing. Now the other thing you found out yesterday, because I was talking to Paula you found out that i've been trolling <laughs> a website that is all about the journey from diagnosis to death on the web- on the internet it's you know it's caringbridge.org which is essentially a journal for people who have a family member or themselves where they they've been diagnosed with a terminal illness or potentially terminal illness and they're journaling their journey and essentially the final most of them end with funeral services. It's horrible. It's an awful thing. Cancer is the worst. It is the absolute worst.
0: And so why not read about it religiously?
1: You know what it is, is I find, you know what I find fascinating about these journals? And I'll just type in a name and, you know, like 150 will show up. First of all, it's tragic how many there are. That is what's so sad, is there are so many people affected, Mm -hmm. but what's even more tragic is that they all potentially end with a funeral. But it's a very weird little microcosm of a a human being that I've never met, but it's their journey, and everybody's journey essentially is the same with this cancer specifically. Mm -hmm. But it's like the process of diagnosis to death is so similar. And the ones that aren't similar are the ones that are still surviving. It's a very weird morbid thing, I know, and I really think it's because I'm getting old. <laughs> I really think I'm getting too fascinated. It's getting concerning to me. Yeah, but I y- y- this is not new.
0: Your fascination yes, with that is not a new thing. So I don't, I don't I'm not I'm not buying the old thing too much. <laughs>
1: but I feel oh, I'm not obsessed or anything like that. It's just I went through a phase for a few hours where I was reading through all these people's journeys. And I felt like I was seeing a little window into their life, like a part of their life that the only way you're going to know about it is if you read these journals. And it's, I have ended, I've read those and cried. I mean, it's really, I'm going to get teary now because I'm thinking of one specifically, but even when they're super elderly, you know, it's just really interesting how when you go through these processes, what becomes important and so it was to me it's it's a really cool process and you're right i have been fascinated with the dying process since i was like 12 <laughs> you know what i remind myself of honestly i remind myself have you ever seen that movie with bill murray what about bob of course okay the sun is completely yeah. obsessed with morbidity that's who i feel like i am sometimes and i go through phases it's not all the time
0: i'm doing a lot of smh over here <laughs> I, I just I, know, I don't I, I just don't get it.
1: <laughs> I don't either. You think I enjoy this? You think I enjoy being this Let way? Let me ask
0: you a very sensitive question. Oh
1: God. What? Is it
0: only a certain time of month where you no, read these journals? I am,
1: I am so far away from I just finished I'm not even I'm not even pre premenstrual. Like I'm literally nothing.
0: I'm just wondering if there's an emotional cutting trend going that I'm not aware (sighs) of. You
1: know what? No, I don't think that's what it is. I just, I I feel like I'm like Morticia Adams or something. (laughs) I don't know what this part of my brain is that I, and it's not an obsession with death per se. It's the journey to death. Really? That is so weird. So
0: what's the name of the book that is on its way from Amazon Prime at this moment?
1: I can't remember the title, but it is- Yes, you can. It's a brain surgeon and life,
0: death and a brain surgery,
1: life, death and brain surgery. Yes. It's a it's a bestseller. It's, it's Happy, a mem-
0: uplifting book. I'm it's sure. a memoir
1: of his journey. It's really interesting. and I can't wait to read it. And, oh. and I, the reason I'm buying the book is because I heard him on NPR. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I like how you get close to the mic. Hi, this is NPR.
1: <laughs> My When I grow up, I want to be an NPR announcer. I think I can do it. It's like... I'll start drinking hot tea and talking very quietly.
0: And giving out <laughs> recipes for sweaty balls.
1: Oh, my God. That'd be so funny. The only thing I will say about the NPR thing is that they could, you know, kick up the humor a notch. It's a little serious. And I start feeling like I want to pull my skin off if I listen to it too long. It's like, could somebody crack a joke? <laughs> God, it's like so serious.
0: It's like that scene from uh, uh, Moonstruck. We're the old man, where everybody – somebody tell a joke or something.
1: Right. So anyway, I was thinking about that. And then when you and I sit down to do a show, and it's really not that often, we get kind of bitchy. And I was telling you that today. I'm like, I don't know. I start to, like, not like you because I feel like we can't – we bunk heads quite a bit when we're working out a show. It's weird, too, because we work together – platonically for a long time. Mm-hmm. We were friends. We got along. It was like, you know, seamless. We never fought or, or disagreed. And now, but creatively, we cannot seem to get our shit together the first time around.
0: I think I know what it is, though.
1: What is Are you gonna make me cry or something? Are you gonna be mean to me? No. What?
0: Oh, well, I don't think so. I was going to fall on the sword here because Oh, great. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> of course. I I think it's related somewhat to a discussion you've had with Paula on this show many a time where you'll start a project and I'll take over.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And so I the think although word. it doesn't come across that way necessarily, it's probably a little bit of that. And I yeah. really shouldn't. I do produce the show, <laughs> but that's a little – that's a that's a bit of a glorified title because the reality is, is I'm just editing. I'm not no, – I'm not producing.
1: Produ- no, no, you uh, I'm no, you – Producing don't. means
0: telling you how to do a show, and and I don't do that. I just I just put it you together.
1: Will, you'll literally never tell me what to do. See? No. This is
0: what I'm talking about. So anyway, <laughs> no. I, I think it's a little bit of my uh, – injecting my control and and also I find it helpful to look at you when we're talking.
1: Oh, I know. And I look and I want you to know to spite you I'm wearing a messy bun. I did that on purpose. I <laughs> want you to you see did. me in a messy bun because I know how much you love them.
0: Oh, you know what else you did on purpose? No. Would you like to tell everyone where I'm broadcasting from at the moment?
1: My closet. <laughs>
0: I'm in the damn walk-in closet. You know why? I think, I think you knew that one of the benefits of me being in here, (laughs) aside from the obvious joy of putting me in a small box, is that behind the camera, you get to look at all your shoes. shoes.
1: No, no, no! I offered to go into the closet.
0: Yes, but that's reverse psychology, uh, trickery is what that is. What's you knew that trickery. I would. I would never let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. Stay. Nobody puts baby in a corner.
1: Okay. Well, one thing I have resolved after the last two days of trying to get this show done mm-hmm. is I know what the keys to a good marriage are. Oh, do you, what are the keys to a good marriage? Do you think? Give me two.
0: Uh, knowing what love really is, <laughs> okay. and uh happy the happy wife thing is absolutely true.
1: The happy wife thing?
0: Happy wife, happy life.
1: Okay. Well yeah. you were you were far more bigger picture than me. Oh. To me it's um learning to enjoy alcohol. Yes. <laughs> and I think a large bed, <laughs> a king size bed would be fantastic. But you won't allow a king size bed.
0: I will allow a no, king-size you won't. bed. Listen. No. Okay. So this goes under the long, lengthy list of things that I can't possibly give up on or change my mind on or anything that you have, it would be like, I may have said eight years ago that I would never have a king bed. And so now you're like, you'll never have a king bed. You'll never let us do that. And that's not true. I'm I'm down for the king bed.
1: Okay. I will tell you this, and this is why I think it will never happen. Okay. One is you, you did say that a long time ago. Yes two you still say you will say no i'm totally okay with a king bed i mean it would be really hard because i would be constantly looking for you but you convince yourself that oh yeah no that's fine but with all of these other things so it's like you're half okay with it but really in the long run you don't really want you well, you want a you want a smaller bed so that you can always touch me
0: Always. I, I have not – I and will never completely give up on the snuggle dream.
1: That's what I'm saying. But, That's why I'm but, saying. It's like a king-size bed. All that does – all that means is that there will be three feet on your side of the bed while we're all hunkered down on my side of the bed. There's <laughs> just no way I've, – and I've come to peace with this. So we I know should just cut to the
0: chase and get a twin?
1: No. No, 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 no. Oh. No. No, 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 no. I mean, when you first met, when we first met and we were, we finally started sleeping together, I was in a full-size bed and you slept in that bed and you probably were in heaven. And then we finally graduated to a big person's bed, a a normal adult bed, and we got a a queen and that's still, that was almost too big for you. (laughs) You need to, you know what I would suggest? I think you should just embrace and accept that this is what you want don't try to you know say no it's okay just accept it you just you just want to be close parameters with your lover that's all it is i see it's fine i'll just start taking medication and then it won't matter what you're doing (laughs) because i'll be unconscious
0: that's the alcohol part right
1: and pills yeah (laughs) i mean if we're gonna go that way
0: If you just can't handle only getting your Ugly Truth one time a week, make sure to hang out with the Uggs on their social networks. Visit UglyTruth.com and click on the Facebook and Twitter buttons to friend and follow the show, or search for us on Facebook and Twitter. And now, back to the truth.
1: Hey, since I'm also,
0: not only am I in the closet, but I'm being forced to stand every once in a while, tell me to bend my knees so you don't suddenly see me pass out from locking my knees.
1: But aren't, weren't you, uh, you know, weren't you a DJ back in the 90s? I mean, didn't you stand for all of your shifts? Of course. So then what are you complaining about? This is like a throwback day. Well,
0: I had a chair in between songs that I could sit down on.
1: I apologize. I didn't realize that you... Needed a chair. You know
0: what? We should have I should have come on this show as guest Alex Knight. That's what I should have done.
1: Yeah, okay. Can you explain that to me again why you named yourself that? Now wait, when did you when did you come up with that name? Uh
0: the first time I was on the air, the very first time I cracked the mic on an actual radio station. Okay,
1: and where was that? What what year was that?
0: Eighty nine, late eighty nine.
1: I was in high school. Yes, I know. <laughs> no, okay. You were so- not? I graduated already. Okay, so 89 what because I can't remember because I know I'll get it wrong if I try to fill in the information. So you were a baby DJ in 1989. Yep. And where was your first job?
0: My first paid radio job was K100 in Marysville, Yuba City.
1: Oh, wow. It was a radio station
0: in it. Yeah, it was a radio station in a bomb shelter. I was still going to college at the time. Oh,
1: my God. It was in a bomb shelter?
0: Yeah, it was like a it was like just this not an actual bomb shelter, but it was like a concrete building. uh, Very nondescript anyway. So, yeah. So I came up with a name a little bit before I went on the air.
1: And because you didn't want to use your own name or is that just just, not the cool thing? Yeah.
0: DJs just didn't do that back then. Um, And and the guy that was training me was like, you know, don't worry about it because, you know, if you suck and fuck up, you change your name and do something else. So
1: That is true. And I do remember meeting Well, when when we met. It was still it was at the tail end of the when radio was a fun place to be where it wasn't all slick corporate, you know, Mm -hmm. where everything was like very sophisticated. It was still a time when. It was like WKRP in Cincinnati, you yeah, know, in that, any we, station.
0: That was all about that time, actually, because yeah. we got married in 97 and 96. Radio right. So when changed. I was
1: hired in 94, 95, I w- it was at the very tail end of when it was still a party. Like, I remember a, sta- a station party that the president of the cluster at the time threw. I literally hired bartenders to come in to the station, and we had bars set yeah. up Throughout the office and we had a whole our whole conference room was catered and there was booze everywhere. It was
0: I remember that that was like a housewarming when these stations had merged ridic- or something Can you even and
1: imagine that happening now the liability nobody would do it. Well,
0: it's getting a little better. We have a couple of kegs you our You know what station. I'm saying, yeah, though. No, don't it was a to... long time. Yeah, Just because you're sure. still
1: drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, it's not the same. It's very, very different. Remember no. when we used to play wiffle ball in the hallway?
0: They used to play Frisbee in the hallway, and then at lunch, I used to go out and play wiffle ball with the morning show. That doesn't <laughs> that happen awesome. anymore.
1: You don't do that.
0: No. No, it it's doesn't. It's crazy.
1: Happen. Okay.
0: I barely get out of my office for lunch, let alone play wiffle ball. <laughs>
1: well... Thank you for sharing your intro into radio. So, and you've been in radio ever since.
0: Have twenty seven years. years.
1: You, that's your longest relationship outside of your parents. Your longest mm-hmm. love affair is with radio.
0: I cheated oh, a little you did. bit when I was four I was four years in television, but it was it was one of those TV stations that had no ratings and a and a, and a local morning show, so it was kind of like radio.
1: Do you miss being on the radio? Very much so. Really? Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I mean, no, I actually didn't know that because you just wised up and knew where the money was.
0: Yeah. Well, I I loved radio a lot and I knew that I was never going to be this, you know.
1: Howard Stern. Yeah.
0: It just wasn't going to happen. Or, or or if it did, I'd have to move to a market that I didn't want to move to or at the time right. anyway. But
1: Well, you know what happens to people who really love being behind the mic is that they either catapult to a big market. And always know that they may have to pick up and move again and they are willing to risk it. We know some people like that and Uh I I admire them. I think it's great. But what they generally sacrifice is stability with a woman or a man and children. I mean, Uh because once you have kids, picking up and moving them around is really hard. So you go, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do this that much. I, I think I want my kids to be able to go to the same school for four years in a row. I want to buy a house. Not you
0: know. to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I mean that's the decision we made. It, but a lot of people don't go that way. A lot of people I know had said, you know, they've yeah. they've done the career thing. So, but well,
1: yeah, that's true. But I'm just and, saying, which is fine. Back in the day, when when being a DJ was something that you could actually make money and do well at, it's not like it's really. You're right. It's rarefied air if you are making good money and talking on the mic. Generally, the people that are making all that money also do a lot of television. So yeah. they're like little celebs. They're they're attractive. You know, it used to be if you had a face for radio, it didn't matter. And then you meet your That's... DJ and you're like, oh, my God. Whereas now you have to look like a like you could do the red carpet. You could, you know, you have to be really attractive.
0: Yeah. Ryan Seacrest, Mario Lopez, those guys. I
1: hate Mario Lopez.
0: So speaking of meeting DJs, do you know how bad I wish that you had an autographed copy of my DJ headshot back in the day, because remember how we talked about how you were pretty sure
1: we had interacted? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That you and I had interacted at, yes. at some state fair or something, wasn't fair, it? state
1: fair, because mm-hmm. your radio station was out there religiously.
0: We were every well, day. it
1: was Hot 97, you know, it was hot radio.
0: And at, at Sac- in Sacramento at the time, was there anything bigger than the, <laughs> you the know? state
1: fair? No, yeah, not, for, exactly. not for that demographic. But no. yeah, I remember vividly walking by the Croy radio booth because you guys had the big speakers and everything (laughs) was black, you know, the tent was black and there was three DJs sitting on the you know table handing out their little headshots and bumper stickers galore and the lucky person who got the t-shirt and, you know, all the swag that came with stopping by the radio station. But I do recall, I mean, obviously I can't remember your face or anything, but I do know that I loved Croy. And I remember coming by and I actually pulled out a couple of bumper stickers that from my, you know, my teenage years had in a box. And I'm like, look, see, and I'm sure that you and I cross paths. I I never was into I was not one of those radio whores who wanted to, like, you know, bang a DJ or anything like that. But I've always loved radio, even when I was teeny tiny. And I was thinking about this the other day because there are a couple of podcasts we listen to where they will try to hit the post on a song. Yes. And you know what that means? Where.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. You're talking. I'm good at it. <laughs> are you? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh, you know what? I wish we could do it, but we I don't have the means right now. Where you talk up before the first song, before the first singer, you know, the singer hit, starts singing yeah. and all the music before that, you talk it up and then. Kara or whatever, and then they start singing the song. Okay, so there's a podcast I listen to where they do that for fun because they're so good at it. The one Mm -hmm. is really good at it. And so I used to remember when I was really, really little and I would listen to KZAP, Mm -hmm. I would do that. I would talk up a record (laughs) while it was on. I would try to do what they did. I was like nine. It's like I was meant to be in radio.
0: Hitting the post for a top 40 DJ was just the thing <laughs> right. and then if you got and then if you were really good if you were really good you would get those songs where um the intro the overall intro was 25 seconds and you'd see this information on the on back then it was on cart right which oh, is basically right. like an 8 track I remember so there was this label and it would be like there would be two intros there'd be like a, a 12 second hit and then a 24 second hit because at 12 seconds the singer would go Whoa! like oh. that or something like that and so <laughs> And so you would hit, it goes, and you would be, like, be like DJ Alex K woo! and and then oh, you keep going that so funny. and then and then you'd hit the second post and that's, you know, that was the art uh, form.
1: Everyone, so. producer Dub is geeking out right now. I know. Which is, you know he's so excited.
0: Yeah. So that, that was a, that was a good time. That was a good time.
1: Yeah, it was. Although we didn't know each other. So it wasn't that good.
0: No, no, not as good as now. Of
1: course. <laughs> we always talk about that. I'm like, do you think we would have liked each other if we had met, you know, when we were like in high school or whatever?
0: I think the general consensus is is that I would have definitely have liked you. It would have <laughs> you would have taken some work to like me.
1: Yeah, you were you were a little spicy back then. I may not have appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But you were athletic and I would have liked that. So yeah. we always tried to reason that ultimately we would have ended up together even though I, you were totally not my type.
0: We were destiny.
1: Whatever. I don't know about that. You know who's <laughs> destined for failure, though? I think we'll Who? be successful. I think we've we've kind of passed. I mean, it was something major would have to happen for us to implode. We've yep. gone through the gamut. I think that we're in it for the long haul now.
0: Yep. You're stuck with me.
1: Yes. Unless I die.
0: <laughs> so, and it comes back to death.
1: Well, we talked about this. If I die, you will have women lining up at the door with casseroles I... for you. <laughs> no question no question you will have piles of pussy you may not marry Uh, any of them but you're (laughs) never going to be sleeping alone i can tell you that much right now i can be uh... single i don't care i don't need to i don't need to be with somebody but men are different men need someone to care for them and my sisters have even vowed that should i die young they will make it their mission to make sure that you're with a good woman you're a good guy that there's no way you'll be single for long even though you think you will be, you won't be. It just won't be as good as it is now. That's all.
0: Uh, it, it can't be.
1: No. Of course not.
0: It, we're not going to die, so it's fine. <laughs> ever.
1: <laughs> we're ever, gonna, ever. We're going to freeze our heads. <laughs> okay. So speaking of the opposite.
0: Speaking of frozen heads.
1: Speaking of frozen heads, I had... We were... <sighs> I'm tongue tied because I'm trying to figure out how to feel about this. I don't know. I mean, obviously this has been going on for about a week now, but you know, the Duggars are my junk food. They were my Mm -hmm. junk food. I should say them and the sister wives, whenever I need to really work hard, you know, working out exercising wise, and I need to really get my cardio going, I record these shows so that I feel like at least something good is coming out of me watching these shows, because as we've discussed many times on our show, we are quite aware that these are pseudo scripted. These people are not who they say they are. It's very clear to us, you know, that they're, this is just a front for television. Well, it's far worse than we thought, because they are dealing with a sex abuse scandal from their past. I think the reason it's so insidious for them in the media front, is that they wag their fingers and they go out of their way to, you know, essentially hurt others in the United States. I mean, they're they're really lobbying for removing rights and and that's really the biggest problem.
0: They're very much casting stones
1: for well, sure. Well, yes, and you know we all do, but they're literally making it their mission. You know, that's pretty hypocritical when you have this in your past. I mean, it's hypocritical anyway, but because because no one lives. According to no one is sinless. No, you know what I'm saying? The moral level, it doesn't matter. Even if they were the most Christian people on the planet, the second you start actively going, trying to make people's lives bad or making it restrictive is when you put yourself into a little bit of trouble. So obviously, as we know, their son has sex abuse accusations that were confirmed by him. We are also to assume that they were his sisters and one other non-family member. And this is not new news to those who are obsessed with the Duggars, as I've come to find out, because I did some research. A lot of people knew about this. It's just that the media didn't pick up on it because no one gives a crap about them. But now, of course, we all give a crap about the Duggars. No, we don't. Well, you I, no, I'm speaking <laughs> in general terms. Right. The big thing is on June 3rd. The parents, Michelle and Jim Bob, they're going to be on, shockingly, the Fox News Network, and they're going to try to dig themselves out of a hole.
0: It's too late.
1: I think so, too. I don't really know what they can say. However, they chose to deal with their child or their son at that age – Whatever they've done, I mean, I don't even care anymore. It's, it's, it
0: all comes crashing down on every single show like this. It
1: does.
0: We talked about this the other day where the reason that this reality thing works for a lot of shows like this is not because that these people are completely opposite from who you see on television. No, they're not. I think they're they trying do.
1: really hard to be who they say they are.
0: But I, I – well, see, that's the thing. But I, they're hypocrites. I don't think, no one is that good of an actor, right, to completely hide anything you have in your past. But I think the thing that makes it come off to where people actually see it as believable is that they buy their own bullshit. Right. As, as – uh, you know what? Duggars and, – and although this has been buried under the rug, take the Duck Dynasty guys. Right. Same, same exact kind of thing, right? that like, Now, granted, they, as far as we know, didn't commit crimes and stuff like he did. But No. Still, the fact is, is that this is how they are, right? And they buy their own bullshit to a point where they will just – eventually, the truth will come out. As cliche as that is, eventually, the truth comes out.
1: I think specifically with this family, what is difficult is that they're hypocrites. And, you know, I think that because of that, because they've actually used the word molest to accuse – those in the LGBT community as being potentially dangerous to children, right. molesting and, and, and whatnot. They've used those words, that verbiage. And to be so arrogant to think that no one's going to come back and that that your own molestation is going to come back and bite you in the ass. Can't it's like it. you said, it's they believe their own bullshit and they get to a point where it's like, you know, that was so long ago. Who cares? Well, they care. The one thing that the uh, public has yet to minimize, which hopefully never will, is sex abuse when it comes to children. It will never be a forgivable offense in the eyes of society.
0: Anything that's going to get you killed by other prisoners.
1: Child abuse of any kind. Sex abuse. That's the
0: one you don't want to go to prison for because... And so with
1: that being said... I will watch it because I am I just want to watch the shit show. I want to see the last nail in the coffin. I can't, I mean Fox is about as forgiving as they're going to get. They didn't even
0: cover the story when it came out. I told you that the other day, like CNN and MSNBC was an hour or more when it first broke. And and Fox spent less than two minutes on it because they protect these people.
1: Well, they're protecting the politicians who have supported them. That's correct. And regardless of if the Duggars fall into oblivion, which I hope they do, the show's done. Any incarnation of, of a show after this is never going to be focused on their son or his family or the parents because no one gives two craps about them. It's their fault that all this went down. It's so bad that I have no desire to talk about the Duggars after this interview. I mean, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to stick with the ridiculous sister wives. Polygamy (laughs) is my get. I'm done with the conservative Christians because ultimately it's not funny anymore. You know, it was never funny, right. but what I'm saying is there there's no amount of reality TV that can edit these people to be these up, upstanding citizens anymore. You know, it's, it's, I'm done with it. Yeah. Uh, on other news on the reality show, front, however, and I don't know how this is going to end up. And I wish it was Paula. I was telling this to because she brought up the subject, but I'm going to bring it up as Bruce Jenner is being photographed by the famed Annie Leibovitz. And she, she I, I assume will be a she for the cover will be on the june vanity fair cover as a female yay and i'm wondering if this will be the first and this will be like bruce jenner will no longer be bruce jenner after this cover debuts like well is this their debut is this her debut will we know the name
0: this is such a bunch of shit
1: no it's it's it is, interesting
0: no it's well the thing is is it's If it's such a personal thing, why are you living it out on the cover of Vanity Fair with the most famous photographer we have today?
1: (laughs) I know what you're saying. I mean,
0: they're so, so full of themselves. I can't even stand it. Well,
1: and here's the deal, especially since Bruce Jenner in his interview said he had no interest in being a poster child for transitional, you know, sexual transition. But And yet, or sex transition, he's literally becoming a poster poster child. child. I am, you know, listen, if anybody's going to make Bruce Jenner as a, you know, or or his or her transition, see, this is very uncomfortable because I don't know what to say, his or her. Well,
0: you know what? Here's what I think. I guess because of the environment that we are in and it's very accepting, and and that's just how we are. It is a big deal. I guess you have to step back and think in the context of the people that this may impact who exactly. are going through something similar. Right. Uh, you know, we don't identify with it personally, but we're very accepting, so it's fine. But I guess I just wish that, and maybe this is just not the way the world works today. I just wish that it was somebody more normal, and I don't mean that in the LGBT or transition sense or anything like that. That. Family the has been a Jenner freak family. show mm-hmm. from day one, and so why couldn't it have been somebody different to kind of lead this charge? But you know what? Yeah. Maybe that's the way it is. Maybe, you know, right. it's fine. So, so I guess I just we just have to step back and say, hey, you know, this is probably helping some people that it needs to help. Yeah. It's just I just feel like I guess when 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 the name Kardashian is attached to it, I just feel like the goal is to be taken advantage of the public. Yeah, and I, it's just
1: how it feels. I know, but. I know. But, you know, we all live like, weren't we talking about this? It's like we don't even know what it's like to to have more money than our grandchildren can spend. I mean, we don't live in that world. No. So we don't really know what this, you know, we don't really know what that world is all about. And he lives in that world.
0: I'm dead in the middle of don't care and wholeheartedly support. Right. I'm 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 just indifferent. It's it's great, but I'm done.
1: I will say this. I would love to interview some of these people that they get a hold of you know who i really you know who's really good at interviewing people and making it set and asking the questions that i totally want to ask because you have witnessed me talking to people that aren't famous necessarily i can get them to tell me things that they wouldn't tell anybody They're like, what? I can't believe I just told you. And and I don't know what it is. You know more about
0: my family and friends than I do.
1: I know. And I know deep, dark secrets about people. And they just tell me stuff. It's so weird. But you know what it is, is because I'm I'm honestly interested. I really want to know. It helps me to get to know you, right? So I thought, wouldn't that be super great to be able to interview someone like Matt Weiner or... You know, some of these really great comedians and and really find out things that I, I think about my I question when I listen to them talk. Like, I really want to know, you know, what you're thinking about this, because there's so much cover, you know, that you don't really get to know them sometimes with certain interviews. Alec Baldwin is really, really good at interviewing people. Really good at it. Plus, he's so cute.
0: Oh, he's uh, just see, so that's cute. why I didn't say anything, because I was waiting for that because that's what matters.
1: adorable. (laughs) Just adorable.
0: He looks just like me.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Very. It's like you could be brothers.
0: Right? I could be a Baldwin. One of the best ways to feel pretty at any moment is to master the ugly truth lip and clip. To do that, the Uggs know you have to have the right stuff and be ready for anything. So get yourself inside the Ugly Mall at UglyTruth.com and click on our Avon link to shop for high-quality makeup and beauty supplies, all at great deals. Plus, every time you buy something, you'll be helping out the show. So thanks, and now back to the Ugly Truth.
1: Okay, so I had teased on Twitter that you wanted your own segment, because we're not going to do an ugly and awkward moment of the week. I know. There's plenty. There's always something. But uh, we're going to do a Daryl segment. It's called What's Trending in Dub's World? Oh, God. Okay, so instead of What's Trending on Twitter, which we tried to do, and it totally sucked. Can't wait. We're going to try the, this new segment. What's Trending in Dub's Life or Dub's World? First.
0: Dub's World. I'm doing that. Yeah, Dub's I'm gonna World. I'm going to give it a theme song. <laughs> exactly <laughs> wait I, wait depending on how this goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it may or may not have a theme song
1: so trending in your life right now would be i would assume the giants the san francisco giants ooh, ooh. right yeah what about them
0: last place to first place yeah so they're right up near the top after a really horrible start to the season and it's just uh showing their resilience so it's very exciting to be even in the race is an, is a good thing. So, and it's an odd numbered year, and we're only supposed to win things in even numbered years, apparently. That's so right. we'll see.
1: And um, I would really like to go to a game.
0: Yes, I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to put in some requests for tickets. Well, uh, from work and or buy some.
1: But can we sit lower? Perhaps. Maybe we can sit down by the yes. dugout or yes, behind the plate. Yes, <laughs> you Your Highness.
0: Because VIP call me, Your Highness. Where they wait, serve wait, wait. you, did, you don't have to leave your seat wait, to get beer and stuff. What? Did
1: you just call me your highness?
0: Uh, we'll have to go to the tape. I'm not really sure.
1: <laughs> you're such a jerk, <laughs> your
0: highness. Behind home plate, <laughs> VIP box seats. I literally, are I woke sucky. up
1: yesterday, the other day. I'm not even. Oh, I'm not even coherent yet. And you turn. You're all. You're a princess. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? What, were, what was on your mind where you were, like, looking at me going, you're a princess? I don't know. I hope you were thinking good things when you said that. Somehow I don't think you were. Here's the other thing that's trending in your world. You've got okay. bruises all over your arms. Often not, not like a ton, like you've been beaten or anything, but little nicks here and there. Mm-hmm. You said you had mentioned that you've been running into things.
0: <laughs> I have. I have. I would like to tell you it's from just not flat out paying attention, but my age, I think, is impacting my ability to uh, just have that sixth sense about my surroundings, and so I'm kind of nicking walls and, you know.
1: I I think you need glasses. I think your peripherals...
0: I think you want me to have glasses. Your
1: peripherals are starting to... I don't think
0: I need any. I think you want me to have
1: glasses. I am going to make an eye appointment for you.
0: Bring it on, sister!
1: And you're gonna get dilated. 2020
0: 20 vision. No
1: way. Yep. I, I I will pay. I will place a wager right now that you can that you will need to have glasses.
0: Really? Yes. What's the bet?
1: Uh, twenty dollars.
0: Twenty bucks. Yeah,
1: your eyes are worth twenty dollars.
0: Oh my god!
1: I will bet twenty dollars right now that when you go to the eye doctor, you will that- need some kind of prescription glasses. You will not be walking out that door without hardware.
0: I guarantee you I will be walking out of that door without
1: hardware. You will need them. You will. And and if you choose not to, I still win.
0: No, no. If I need them, I will get them. I, I am just telling you it's not going to happen.
1: I will do a herky if you <laughs> have to get glasses.
0: Wait. Is that the cheerleading move, or is there a sexual position no. I'm unaware of?
1: No, it, th- I don't think there's a sexual position you aren't aware of. <laughs> no, luckily for you, I'm bendy. No, a herky is a jump, and I know I'm what telling it is. you, if you do, I will do a herky.
0: And what do I have to do?
1: Get glasses. Wait,
0: wait. <laughs> oh, that's the punishment. Yes, I just have to get them.
1: Yes, and I will be so excited that I won twenty dollars <laughs> of your okay. money.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Best your done. money can buy. Done and done. All right. So, you know, I will make the appointment because it's time for your eye checkup anyway. So we'll see. I know I, need, I am blind as a freaking bat. I mean, my eyesight has gone so downhill. It's terrible. And I'm getting deaf. I'm, you know what? I'm going to be like those dogs that you don't want to put to sleep because you just love them so much, but they're deaf and blind. That's going to be me. You're keeping
0: me in shape, actually. That's going to be me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in better shape because of you.
1: What are you talking about?
0: Well, I have to keep going up and downstairs to get your glasses for you. <laughs> yes. Because you refuse to have two pairs.
1: No. Why would I do that?
0: <laughs> one upstairs, one downstairs. No. Or, or we can do what you potentially suggested the other day. What? Little, little chain, maybe. No. Little chain, no, so you can no, wear no, them no. around your neck.
1: No. When did I say that? I never <laughs> said I wanted a chain. Are you insane?
0: You did. Are you crazy? It'll go well with your pearls and NPR.
1: Oh, my God. You know what? I can just hear myself. I'm, <laughs> I can hear myself, my description of myself, and it's scaring me. That and obsessed with death.
0: But it's okay because you're smart <laughs> and <Superior>. amazing looking.
1: <laughs> no, um, I'm becoming an old Jewish grandmother is what's happening <laughs> before your very eyes.
0: The phrase you were looking for was Sexy. Jewish grandmother.
1: I don't think that exists. Does that exist?
0: (laughs) I don't think so. I don't know. Lois, if you put this on, I will
1: lose it. I swear to God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Is there anything else trending in your world? I want a bar. Okay. I think this has to do with the fact that you have a lot of wonderful memories at this particular bar because this is kind of where the whole man trip thing began. And it's a pretty – it looks like it came right out of a Western movie.
0: Yeah. So this bar is – used to be called the Cutthroat Saloon. Mm -hmm. It's a bar and restaurant in a small town called Markleyville, which is not too far from Tahoe. Right. And it is the oldest building in the county. It is the only building with a liquor license in this county, which I believe is Alpine County, California. Mm. And so it's, you know, there are literally pictures in the bar of the town as it stood in the 1800s. Right. And it's the only building there, right? So it's definitely a historical landmark. And and so like guys tend to do, you see your favorite watering hole going up for sale, you suddenly think you can run it, <laughs> you know? Right. So And we've had some great times. And I mean, back... You know, before even man trip days, there were pictures of it. You know, it was one of those places where it was a really cool tourist trap and locals were there every night and, you know, biker chicks would come through and hang their bras on the ceiling and there were beers everywhere. And it's just, it's a, it's a really cool building, but a new owner took it over a few years back and it's been going down. And so this most recent fishing trip, we were there and none of the bar taps worked now the beer taps worked, mm. you know, they're like, oh, it's been out for a week, you know, so it's kind of in disrepair. And so we were kind of joking about, man, if we had this place, the, the, you know, it's, there's some upstairs, we turn the upstairs into, into rooms. And that could be like where we stay when we fish. And, and then the bar and the restaurant can be downstairs and we can hire somebody to run it. And we talked about making our own cutthroat ale and going into home brewing thing. So, you know, over a couple of beers, this is what we're chatting about,
1: sure.
0: not knowing until we got back, uh, a couple of days later, I just happened to look it up and it's for sale. Right. So um, a measly $1.5 million.
1: Million dollars.
0: Million dollars. And it is definitely not worth that. But again, it comes asking. with the liquor license. It's almost 5,000 square feet, but it's going to need some work. And, and granted, you will have days where two people come through town and days where 500 people will come through town. Right. So, And you're the only place to stop. You know, it's it's a thoroughfare. So but, you know, it's it's one of those dream things. You'd have to bring in a bunch of people on it. And, you know, we had nothing but money, maybe. But it was still a nice conversation to have. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh,
0: I, I There, there I was none fancy. of us that felt that our uh, respective uh, uh, women would <laughs> would feel OK with. So.
1: All right. So, yes, you 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 think you want to bar, but we'll see if that actually happens based on our discussion. I think we need to end the show. For today, for this week, because I'm going to start breaking out into songs soon. <laughs> because I, I have these songs I, in my brain and I can't get them out of my brain and I almost feel like I need to sing them to get them out of my head. I know why. Why?
0: Our farmer's market experience this morning.
1: Oh, shit. We forgot to talk about that. Oh, my God. Okay. So, all right. I
0: want them to write our new theme song. For the show.
1: Oh my God! What was it? Becca, Is it Troy and Becca,
0: Becca? and dot com? We do parties and events.
1: Hey, <laughs> you're giving them free plugs on our little show. Okay, so yeah, because they was have a ton thing. of
0: money to advertise.
1: We we show up at the farm. We okay. We are those people. We go to the farmer's we market. Do. Okay, and we show up because I'm out of onions.
0: <laughs> and we're and that's very unusual for us.
1: <laughs> and we need. We need you onions. cook
0: very wonderful meals all the time, and for us to run <laughs> out of the staple like that
1: is unusual. So we are at our very favorite farmers' booth buying onions because they're my people, and they grow really great produce. And so we're getting you know eight dollars worth. And you know the farmers' market that we go to, they do, and I don't know who they are, but they. Hire people to sing or play instruments during the farmers market to
0: provide atmosphere.
1: We've seen uh, a little family band play with ukuleles and, um, you know, singing. I think the name of the band is College Fund.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, they're cute though.
1: Yeah, it's this little Asian family, the kids, they play and sing and they're really good. Yeah, they are. And people, <laughs> Give them money, you know, gratuity yep. for singing and playing. And and everybody loves them because they're adorable children and they're yeah, beautiful they're good. and they're very talented. And it's a
0: little contemporary. It's not, you know, it's not. Well,
1: they sing some Maroon Five because yeah. the little kid hasn't hit puberty yet. Sure. And then there's the hippies mm-hmm. who live up in the hills who come down reeking of lavender, lavender. <laughs> wearing your Birkenstocks. <laughs> yes. And they sing a uh, lot of Joni Mitchell. Ugh. and things now, this duo that was there today this this group, uh knew I'd never seen them before no was would you say troy becca uh, Chuck
0: Becca and Chuck
1: okay, <laughs> Becca and Chuck, okay, what was the name? what was song were they singing? where you just like lost your damn mind? you were laughing?
0: Well, anytime somebody starts out with, I want to dedicate this to mm. miss Joni Mitchell
1: yes but there was a, there was a song before <laughs> I, that struck your mind and you're help because, me
0: I think I'm falling in li lo- I don't know that's the Joni Mitchell one I think but the, I, I don't know what it was but it was hilarious it was a
1: song but it was very you know soft oh. and very easy listening music and at the end they finished and they're like whoo
0: Play. Oh, no, that's right. So it was a very that mellow song. And the guy goes, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and like and it the, was some kind of rock song or something. And the
1: woman with her very, very short hair
0: cut. Oh, my.
1: They reminded me of that SNL skit that uh, the, the middle school music teachers. <laughs> yeah. That's what they reminded me of. Oh, uh, except it was so all bad. white. They so were very pale and bad. very gray singing their songs. And you know what? I... It's hard to be completely hilarious about it because, hey, they're out there living the dream.
0: Living the dream. I mean, that dream. is their
1: dream, clearly. They have a website. Ugh. They do parties and events.
0: They had CDs for sale.
1: They were selling their product. And someone, I assume wife, although very, very elderly, sitting in the back behind them, fanning themselves at 930 in the morning, but still – they're doing it. They've got a gig man. Yeah, but you're and not even telling it
0: the, you're not even telling the funniest part of this whole story. What? Is that you were so disturbed by this atmosphere, not only musically, but there was a kind of a horse and buggy kind of smell to the farmers market today for some reason. But you were literally (laughs) pushing me around the farmer's market. Like you handed me a bag of cherries and then pushed me toward the cashier. Like we need to get out of here. No, I'll tell you why.
1: I'll tell you why that happened. I did not smell anything at first.
0: (laughs) Until I said something?
1: No, I smelled it. But it Uh, was it wasn't like it was wafting through the whole farmer's market. It was this one specific tent. Where they sell, they have this is the other tent that we go to, my people, and they sell fruit, and the fruit's really good. Yeah. So, I for whatever reason, cherries this year in California are unbelievably delicious. They and there are just there's tons of them, and so uh, this stand sells them. I go to the little area where this long table of, you know, tons and tons of cherries. They're all super delicious. You don't have – it's not the end of the season. You don't got to pick through them and worry about moldy ones or anything yeah. like that. You can just grab handfuls of it, buy the pound, four bucks a pound, and just get as many as you want. And they're they're so amazing. There is a dude standing next to me who is maybe 450 pounds. If he's a day, if he's a pound
0: <laughs> if he's <And> a day.
1: <laughs> he is hand picking singular cherries into his bag. He's literally picking one up, looking at it its entire circumference, and placing it into a bag. This is going to take him a long, many, many minutes, and so I am taking handfuls and just putting them in this bag because. I don't care. They're all delicious. I'm looking at them. They're fine. They're healthy. He stops what he's doing, turns and looks at me, almost offended that I am not handpicking my cherries. Either that or he was a a perv. And I, I, you know, at this point, I I have no idea. I turn and I look at him and I give him a look like, what? And he's like, oh, and he continues to pick. (laughs) At that moment, I start to smell something i assume it's this person it smells like a horse's ass it's very leathery (laughs) alfalfa-y horse manure-y which isn't the most offensive smell but it's clearly coming from someone or somewhere and you leave me to my own devices generally speaking when i'm getting food and what's and whatever So I pick up the bag, and at this point, there has been a strange electricity in the air today. In general, there's been a strange electricity in the air. Other people have noticed it as well, not just me. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? I can put up with you dilly-dallying because you look to dilly-dally sometimes at the farmer's market.
0: Okay, listen.
1: I want to You have just
0: spent five minutes explaining away why you pushed me. You pushed me. There was no reason for it other than you didn't (laughs) want to be there anymore.
1: Yeah, but it was because it was getting uh, uh, weird.
0: Uh, okay. It was getting but... <laughs> weird.
1: There was a lot of unusual people at the farmer's market today. Yeah. And when we went up to pay, and I said, we just need to get out of here. And I turned around, there was other smells, and they weren't pleasant. And I don't know, and it you was just, people.
0: And you just reacted.
1: There were people, there <laughs> were unclean people in our vicinity, and I could smell it. And I'm like, that, I can't, I can't have that. I couldn't get out of there fast enough with Chuck and Becca and the fat guy with (laughs) the cherries and the scary person. And you were laughing at something earlier because you were, I think what it was is it was so incredibly weird. It
0: was, it was surreal. It was a weird farmer's market. I felt like
1: I was in a twilight zone. I was like, what, why are we being, we're surrounded by odd people. And I'm odd internally, but outwardly these people were letting the freak flag fly everywhere. I'm like, we, we must leave.
0: You're projecting to get the topic off the fact that you shoved me. I still get over don't understand. It.
1: <laughs> that's because you know why? I will tell you why. It's the same reason why I get angry with you when we're driving. You're slow.
0: No. You're excusing it. You could just say you're sorry for pushing me.
1: No, I'm not sorry. We need you to get out of here. <laughs> oh, funny. All right. Well, I think that's it. So, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, Paula, the sickest girl in the world, get well soon, take your meds so that Please, we God. can you can come back and, and hang with me and we can talk about Bruce Jenner properly.
0: Can we talk a little bit about how you guys have really come close to being each other's drug supplier? Yes. <laughs> we don't have to. I think I just did.
1: No, it's true. Um yeah. because
0: <laughs> there was negotiating going on yesterday that I thought was hilarious.
1: Did you really? Oh yeah. Okay. You're
0: like, okay, well, uh, well. First of all, I got both sides of it right because I heard her ask you for a certain drug, and you're like, yes, I can give you some. And then when you came upstairs, you're like, hmm, I only have ten. I think, I think I can only give her two or three. Well, I might need these. No, she
1: doesn't. <laughs> She gets migraines and she has to refill her prescription for Imatrex and I have a long standing order for Imatrex because I get them too. So she just needed some to tie her over until she gets her prescription. I,
0: I know the circumstances. I'm just yes. saying that However, you were not ready to surrender too many of those. No,
1: but but in exchange I wanted some Atavan. <laughs> which helps me sleep sometimes because my anxiety gets a little high and I don't have a standing prescription for Ativan. In addition to that exchange, however, because I had some Vicodin from my dentist appointment, I gave her the Vicodin in exchange for muscle relaxers. So
0: drug trade, uh, the ugly drug trade.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and she gets a little freaked out about mailing them to me because I think it's illegal. We're not sure, so we just try to do a face to face trade.
0: It back in the in an alley,
1: or in my entryway. Yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so I think we're set.
0: Kids don't go out there. There's a drug trade going on. <laughs> but
1: she does owe me some Advan, so hopefully she'll give me some of those. I'm out of Vicodin, so I'm a, I'm of no use to her. <laughs> I'm of no use to her anymore because I have no bike.
0: You gave up. You gave up your drug before you got the exchange. I she tried. Owes you. you know what?
1: I kept a couple. And I said, look, I have like three, but I kept those because I of the root canal. I said, but you can probably have the rest. There was like ten. Yeah. And she took the three. She took them all. <laughs> she didn't leave me any. So hopefully, I you know hopefully I don't need them or anything. So if I yes. keep running
0: into things. I might need them. So
1: you need glasses, and I I'm sorry that you're in denial, but you do sorry not sorry (laughs) all right well i think that's the end of the show bye kids i strongly and i mean strongly and passionately recommend that after this week you download the app which is free to listen to ugly cuts which is all the outtakes that you will hear (laughs) i have a feeling that this week's outtakes for episode 114 are going to be epic Because there was a lot of arguing that went on uh, (laughs) to get this 60 Minutes out to you because, well, we're we're married and that's what we do. So please, please consider downloading it. And also please consider using our Amazon link and helping us out on that front as well.
0: Buy things. Buy me a birthday present.
1: Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes. What? Happy birthday, Producer Dub. June 1st is Producer Dub's birthday.
0: 29
1: and he will be 50
0: i will not well, uh, mackenzie asked me how old i was gonna be
1: did you tell her I, the truth I,
0: yeah i told her and she's like oh
1: i thought you were 50 i was like
0: oh what oh what she goes i thought mom was 48 and you were 49 <gasps> what saying, i know
1: did you hit her no yes god why is she trying to <laughs> age us
0: i don't know
1: okay listen I am over 40. However, I'm nowhere near 50, first of all. Second of all, I still get carded for booze. So I don't want to... I don't... I don't... No, I'm stuttering. Because (laughs) I'm so angry right now my child for thinking I'm (laughs) over 50. How dare you? I don't even have gray hair. Nothing. No wrinkles. Keeping it tight. No. Oh, that's it. I'm grounding her. Okay. I'm taking your keys. All right. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Peace. That's it for this week. Be sure to check out UglyTruth.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, or, of course, the Ugly Truth mobile app for any past shows. And then every Sunday, you'll get a brand new episode. We truly appreciate you listening and sharing the ugly truth with your friends and family. Until next time, get all the truth you need at UglyTruth.com and stay ugly, my friends.